Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Welcome all of our campuses, all of you watching online, and all of us here at Frisco East. How many feeling good this morning? You loving the weather? Christmas time? Love it. Couple things before I dive in. Number one, Christmas Eve services. I know we've been talking about it, but and we have some uh, invite little cards that you can pick up at our info center to invite friends. I, I promise you, the message is almost done, um, and I, I don't think I'm going to embarrass you. I, I don't think so. So if you bring a family member or a friend with you, I, I think they're going to be blessed. And, and you never know what service. You never know what service will change somebody's life. And so I invite you to RSVP for that so that we know we have plenty of room across all of our campuses. So that's Christmas Eve. Um, as well, Prosper Campus Update. Thank you so much for those of you who have turned in cards. We got about 500 uh, cards turned in. We got about 1,500 to go. So get them in, would you? Get them in. If you're going to join us, man, I'd love for you to be a part of that and, and help us build that campus debt-free. Uh, so you can do that at any time. You can drop the cards in the offering box at any campus, or you can make the pledge online. Love for you to be a part of that. And the, and the third thing, obviously be praying for uh, the area of our country. Uh, Saturday night, the tornadoes, or Friday night, the tornadoes, Saturday morning, whatever. Um, the devastation. Golly, so many people lost their lives, and we pray for those families. We're involved in ways in which uh, disaster relief, convoy of hope, we, um, that will be there. Uh, we also, Minuteman Disaster, who's uh, all around uh, disaster relief uh, times, and we support both of those. And so, um, but more importantly, pray. Pray for those families. Pray for that area. Devastation. Our hearts go out to them. Today, um, week three, of a series we're calling Christmas at the Movies. And it may sound a little silly to be using movies for a message, but like Paul used different things in his teaching and explaining the gospel, creative ways, we, we just thought, hey, what would it be like if we just looked at some of the iconic Christmas uh, movies and grabbed an Advent theme from them? Week one, we talked about Elf and really talked about joy, the Advent theme of joy. Last week, we talked about the a Christmas carol and Ebenezer Scrooge, and we, we talked about renewal. Today, I want to talk about love and the Grinch. How many, most of you know the story of the Grinch. I'm going to kind of use uh, the movie from 2000 with Jim Carrey, but the, the story of this green beast who lived in the mountains, but the, in isolation, and, and he was a grouchy old mean little beast or big beast, but really it stems from his childhood in which he was bullied and because he wasn't like everybody else. In school, he was made fun of because he was green and hairy and, and it, it affected him. And so he, I know this is a story, but, but he left and isolated himself and went to live in the mountains and hated Who's from Whoville and just, and just had it in his heart. He hated Christmas, the spirit of Christmas and the songs and so he had in his heart that he was going to destroy or ruin Christmas for Whoville. So he disguised himself as Santa, came to steal all the presents and food. And the first house he went to was the house of Cindy Lou Who. Remember this? And Cindy Lou Who befriended this beast. And I'm skipping a lot of the story as far as the movie goes. But the, the, the point of it is that the beast, the Grinch, 
he had a heart that was two sizes too small, and he was a, a grouch. He, he just wasn't a, a good, good person or being. But he meets Cindy Lou Who, and she befriends him. She's trying to navigate her disillusionment of Christmas because the whole town is about consumer and gifts and missing the whole spirit of the season. But she befriends him, and because of that, his life has changed, and he's now received in Whoville, and he eats with them, and that's the, that's the story. And, and then he now is characterized as someone with a heart three times the size that it's supposed to be. It's a great story. If you haven't seen it, you, you should go watch it. It's, it's, it's really good. But there's some themes about it that, as we talk about the Advent theme of love, that I gathered from this story. The first one is the gift of love received, and the second is the gift of love given. The gift of love received and the gift of love given. Now, some of us in this first point, some of us would never consider ourselves the Grinch. Like last week, Ebenezer Scrooge, we wouldn't characterize ourselves like that. But many of us, because of our past and because of the way in which we were raised, we feel a little isolated. We feel like we're on a mountain somewhere and in relational dealings with people, we tend to be guarded. We tend to be isolated, hurt. And, and those feelings and those experiences that we experienced growing up, maybe it was really extreme in, in, the, in the case of abuse or neglect or um, abandonment, or uh, maybe it was in church, and, 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 and that has affected you all these years, just like it did the Grinch. Now, I, I'm not calling you a Grinch. I'm just saying that those things are real, and just like the Grinch who got hurt, and that hurt turned into bitterness and anger, many times in our lives, the same thing happens. And we wonder why our lives are so incomplete. We wonder why our lives are so inconsistent and not joyous. This season is not a fun time for us. It's a hard time because there's things in our hearts that we're holding on to because of the way in which we were raised or the way in which we were treated or some kind of hurt in our lives, right? So the point is, the Grinch receives love for the first time in his life. And it... So point number one, we talk about this. Number one, the gift of love received. John, in his first chapter, doesn't write about the genealogy of Jesus. He doesn't write about the Christmas story like Matthew and Luke. But he starts with this idea that when Jesus came, here's how he came. The Word became human. In other words, the Message Bible says He moved into the neighborhood. In other words, we don't have a God who is out of touch with what we walk through and what we go through. That Jesus, God became flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. We sing those Christmas carols. That's what it means, that God came down and He became human so that He knows what it's like to be abandoned. He knows what it's like to be hurt, betrayed, tempted. He knows all of those things. He became human. And he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love. I will fail you. And maybe your parents failed you. And maybe your husband or your wife failed you. But he will never fail you. His love is unfailing and it's faithful. 
And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. You know the Scripture, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. See, God's not mad at you, and He's not mad at me, and He's not mad at the world. And, and we look at Scripture. I don't know if you've ever done this. You look at Scriptures like this, God is love. First John characterizes the definition of God. God is love. And you go, what I read in the, the Old Testament and all the death and all the violence and all the stuff, how, what in the world, the judgment and, and, and all that, what is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? And what would the answer be? Jesus. Jesus would take upon himself the wrath of God, the sins of the world. He would take upon himself on that cross. And the difference between the Old and the New Testament is the difference of sin paid for. When sin's not paid for, it is havoc. It is awful. When sin is paid for, there is a totally new covenant, totally new way of living. God so loved the world And maybe it's been a long time since you've heard this. And my heart for you in this point in particular as we read these scriptures, that you would be encouraged that as a believer, you feel isolated. You feel like you're on some kind of, quote, mountain. And nothing in your life, it seems that it's just nothing has worked. Job after job, relationship after relationship, and heartache after heartache, wrong decision after wrong decision, and it just, you just feel less than. Not, not just with people, but you feel less than with God. When we read how much He loves us, you don't feel that. He seems far away. It seems because of your sin, because of the decisions that you've made, because of the way in which you've decided to live your life, you feel like, man, I'm just a mess up. There's just... I know that he loves everybody, but I feel less than when it comes to this, John. And I want you to, I want you to read these scriptures with, with God's heart in mind. First John says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Same, same writer as John 3.16 is the writer of First John. And this is real love, not that we have loved God. It's not that we loved him first, it's that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Paul, in Romans chapter 8, this is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. An unbelievable, an unbelievable. Now, chapter 7, let me go to chapter 7 first and explain it. He, He says these words, and you've heard these words. Paul is describing his dilemma in life. He says, the things that I want to do, the good things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, the bad things, I find myself doing. I'm inconsistent, I'm sinful, and I don't know what to do. Who, he calls himself wretched, wretched man that I am, who will save me? And then in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me go on in the same chapter of chapter 3. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these, that we're not condemned, that in Christ we are forgiven? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us from whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. 
For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Listen to this. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? And let me stop there for a second. And you may say, you know the answer because we know what he's going to say. But you don't live it. What shall separate me from Christ's love? Well, John, uh, you know, I did because I failed and I sinned and I did whatever. You, you don't understand his love. Can anything ever separate us from his love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble? He never promised us a perfect life. He never promised us that we wouldn't walk through all kinds of things in our lives. But does it mean that he doesn't love us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, listen, despite all these things, despite calamity, despite persecution, despite my trouble, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing. Neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell itself can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, no above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I wish that I would have understood this earlier. Because many of us have been taught that, yes, that's true as long as you keep the rules. As long as you do good, then, man, he loves you. But at the minute he doesn't, the minute you don't, man, he's going to... He's going to come down and judge you. And, and, and again, I, those, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Can anything separate us from God's love? And I'm not giving you or me a license to sin. I'm not saying that you can just do whatever you want to and it won't affect you. It will affect you. But when it comes to your relationship with God, some of us don't understand how his love works. I have four kids. And they're close to perfect. <laughs> Can I tell you, as sinful and as inconsistent and as selfish and as all the things that you and I could put in, in description of ourselves, there is nothing that my kids could ever do to stop my love. Nothing. I mean, as in, listen, as, as sinful as I am, nothing. I don't care what it is. I may not like it. I may disagree. They may hurt me. They may talk about me on social media. They may do whatever, right? But there is nothing, nothing that they could do that would stop my love. Nothing. Now, imagine how God, who is holy and is not sinful and is not inconsistent and is not messed up in his life or his head or heart, imagine how much he loves you and how much he loves me. And it's been a long time maybe since you've heard that. I don't want you to mess up your life. I don't want you to make wrong decisions. And some of you, I want you to listen to me. Some of you right now are making decisions that are just screwing up your life. 
I mean, you're, you're just making decisions that are just so unwise and so hurtful. Can I just tell you, He still loves you. I made decisions as a kid that hurt my mom and dad. It, it was terrible. I, I, I was unloving, and I, and I wish I could go back and change it, but they still love me. And how much more, listen to me, how much more does God in His faithfulness filled with unfailing love, does He love you and does He love me? And some of you needed to hear that today. Some of you have heard so many things from different things in your church that God, God is holding you accountable. And of course, of course we need to follow Him. And of course we need to walk in His Word and according to His ways. But that's not why we're loved. We're not loved because we can keep the rules. We're loved because of Jesus. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 3, so that you and I would understand, even though we'll never understand. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. As you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Listen, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you have the power to understand. You feel less than, you have felt marginalized by other people, and you feel that way with God. You're not. He says, and may you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep. May you experience the love of Christ. Listen, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete. You and I will never be complete unless we receive the perfect love of God. We will never be complete. You will walk through this life. I'm not going to say you have a bad life, but you're going to walk through this life and you will not be completed until you understand how much he loves you. And until you receive how much he loves you. It's an incredible gift, the gift of love received. And many of us in this room have not accepted the gift of love received. You feel like you're too far. You feel like you're too, too bad. And he loves you. I want you to know he loves you. Period. No condition. No like, well, if you will, I love you. Now, that's an encouragement, and I hope that you feel encouraged. I hope that it's, maybe it's been a while since you've heard it, but I hope you know that, that he, he loves you. Now, the second, though, I want to challenge you with this. The gift of love received, but the gift of love given. When Cindy Luhu, and I know this is a made-up story, but follow me. Cindy Luhu showed love to this Greenly beast. Is greenly a word? I don't know. Green, green beast. It changed everything. It changed everything. Acts 20, Jesus is quoted as this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
Now, some of you are still immature and you like receiving more than you like giving. But when you grow up, I can tell you this, that it is way more fun to give than to receive, isn't it? Way more fun to give. I have a granddaughter. I have a grandson that will be here in two weeks, less than two weeks. And I'm excited about Christmas. I'm excited to see Lucy open up presents. And she's almost, she, she's a, she'll be three in March. And she's at a fun age. Now, my kids are almost perfect. She is perfect. <laughs> okay. I don't want anything from her. Does that make sense? I, I, I want to. I want to see. I want to give. It is way more fun to see my kids when they were little open up their presents. Way more fun to give than, than to actually receive. And many of, many of us understand what I'm talking about. There's nothing like giving love. And there, you can give money, you can give presents, but when you give love, especially to those who don't deserve it, man, there's something that happens inside of you that changes everything in you, and then it changes everything in them. When you receive God's love, you can't help but give it. If you've really received it, if you've really understood it, you can't help but give it. In the, in the 60s, there was a, a preacher named David Wilkerson, and he moved to New York City, and uh, the gang-ridden parts of New York City, and he had such boldness in it's a, it's a great story. If you haven't, it's, it's an old story, but he preaches to these gang members and helps them all, along the way. He, he created Teen Challenge, which is still going to this day. It's a, it's a Christian drug uh, rehab uh, um, type of ministry, and he's done some great work in New York City until he passed away. He had a church in Times Square called Times Square Church. But anyway, my point is, in the early days, he was preaching to these gang members, and finally one day, this one that was leader of a gang, I can't remember the name of the gang, but he pulled out his knife, and he, and, he, and he told David, Pastor David, he said, I'm going to cut you into a thousand pieces. And David Wilkerson looked back at him, and he says, and every piece will say, I love you. Nikki Cruz if you've ever heard of his name, he's traveled the world telling his story of how God changed his life because of the gift of love given. This, this kind of, not I don't know if he's short, I can't remember now, I've seen Dave and met him, but I, I think he was maybe five, eight or ten or nine or something like that. But anyway, this little guy showed this guy and this gang, these gangs, so many of them got saved, gave their hearts to the Lord because of the gift of love given. Now, many of us, when I talked about the, the, the love of God, you, you're sitting there like, yeah, I, know, I know that. I know He loves me. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad He loves me. And I've received that love. But when I go to this next verse, many of us, Many of us are going to struggle because there's, there's a part of us that struggles with the love, the gift of love given. We can receive it, 
And as long as you agree with me, and as long as you're like me, I'll give you love. I'll give you my love. But if you are not like me, and if you are not in agreement with me, then, then you know, I don't want to say the word, but, you know, get out of my way. Now, let me read 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter, but we're going to get to the definition of love in a minute. But let me read what's, what's before love is patient, kind, and so forth. Paul says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You can have all the knowledge that you want, and you can be as spiritual as you want, but if you don't love others, your life is a waste. Your knowledge, your, your, your wisdom is a waste. If, if I had the gift of prophecy, if you're really, really spiritual, and if you understood all the secret plans of God, and if you possessed all knowledge, and if you had such a faith that could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. See, you've got to understand this, this thing of love received. It, it requires love given. I'm not going to go to this scripture, but because I've done it every single, almost every single week that I've preached in the last two months, Matthew 22. What's the greatest commandment? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And our love, and I know we're human, I understand that, we're human, but our love is mostly conditional. Uh, and if I like you, and if I like you, I'll love you. But if I don't like you, mm -mm. does that make sense what I'm saying? So, so but, and you understand that what Paul is saying here is that hey, you're, you're, you're wasting your time. You're, all the knowledge and all the things that you have in your life are just a complete waste of time because you, you don't love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, I know with that definition, we've all failed, right? I got to number one, love is patient, and you're like, I'm done. Okay, and then you go through kind and you know, all this. so none of us are going to ever really complete this definition, but the point is we're moving towards it. The, the point is that, that the, 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 the endless love that we have received that we can't even understand how high, how deep, how wide, the, the, the love that is, that is the kind of love that nothing can separate us from. Easy to receive sometimes, maybe not, but some, for, for some of us, it's just harder to give. We're just Grinch-like. But I just want you to know, I want to I challenge you that, that the love that we have received as believers of all the people on the planet who in times, we live in crazy times, I know we all know this, but in these crazy times where there's political unrest, there's racial unrest, there's economic uncertainty, there's a future that is like, what is going on here? We all have different uh, thoughts. We have different political views. Nothing wrong with that. But as believers, what overrides everything is that we are kingdoms and citizens of heaven. Our kingdom is not of this world. 
And because of that, the love that we have received flows through us to a gift of love given. And that's what changes the Grinches of this world. And of all the people on the planet who should be walking in love, it's us. Because we have received so much love. God loves you. He's not mad at you. That anger has been taken upon, uh, was taken upon the cross. He's not mad at you. Jesus took his anger. And his anger was because of sin. So he loves you. And so because of that love, guys, let it flow. This season of Advent, of Christmas, guys, of all the times in the world to to let your love shine and, and flow, not just to people you like, but to people you don't like. You've heard this phrase, I love you, but I don't like you. You've heard that phrase, right? And it's, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's hard to, it's hard to love people you don't like, but I want to give you some Christmas homework. Okay. I'm going to give you some Christmas homework. Just think about this. Give an unexpected monetary gift to someone in need or to anyone this season. Maybe you're going to go to lunch today because most of you don't, don't care about the cowboy game. They're playing at 12, but you don't care because you're here, (laughs) right? You love God. I'm kidding. (laughs) I mean, I hope you love God, but I think first service does too. But maybe you're going to go out to eat and maybe you got a bonus this Christmas from your work or whatever. Maybe you didn't and that's fine. But what, what if, what if, just, I'm just an example. What, what if you just gave like an extraordinarily high tip to the waiter or waitress? Now, I hope it's not true anymore, but it used to be true that Waiters and waitresses, the service industry, hated Sundays because people would get let out of church and they would come and they were demanding and kind of mean-spirited and they didn't tip well. That's true of First Baptist here and that's true of Frisco Bible, but it's not true of Hope Fellowship. That is for sure. (laughs) Hey, what if today, what if just today you left a $100 tip? How many think that would just you know what it would do? It, next time you go in, if you know these people and they serve you, gone to the place, what, next time you come, it's going to start a conversation. <gasps> you're back. Thank you. You have no idea. And what you're doing is actually building a bridge, not for your love, but for his love. Second thing, ask for or offer forgiveness. Now, this is a lot harder. You might say, John, go back to the tip. I'd, I'd rather do that. There, maybe there's somebody in your life that has wronged you, has hurt you, and maybe continues to do that. Now, I understand, look, before you, before you uh, tune me out, I understand forgiveness is complicated. And what I mean by that is, is that it does, forgiveness doesn't mean you allow them back in your life at the same level they once were. It doesn't mean that you're a doormat. It doesn't mean any of those things. But let me just tell you, even though I'm giving to this, I'm giving, I'm suggesting this as homework, this is not optional for you as a believer. You know that, right? Whether I, whether I present this as homework or not, 
as much as you've been forgiven, we extend forgiveness. And maybe there's somebody in your life this season that you need to send a text, an email, a letter, or a call, or maybe meet in person and just say, hey, I need you to forgive me. You know what? When you, when you forgive somebody, it's not always that you have to tell them. You know what I'm saying? Because some of us have joy in that. Hey, I'm going to forgive you because you're a stinking jerk. Right? That's not what I'm suggesting. Maybe you just release. You just release. And then the next one is, and this could go along with that, give a Christmas gift to someone who is difficult to love. Maybe you got that coworker works in the same office, and you just, oh, gosh. They just get on your nerves, man. You're hoping the new year they get fired. I hope you don't, but I, you understand. There's people, they're hard. They're hard. What if, what if you just left a gift certificate and said, hey, have lunch on me or have dinner on me. Merry Christmas. For you teenagers in the room. Next one. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's like, hey, where are you? Sit with and befriend someone in your school cafeteria that might need a friend. You have those people, right, that, that maybe sometimes sit by themselves? The Grinches of this world. I'm not saying they're a Grinch in the sense of their attitude or their love, but I'm just saying they're like the Grinch when he was small, got made fun of, and, and was bullied, and is kind of isolated. Maybe there's some people in your life, in your school somewhere, that you could just have lunch with and just sit with them. and You don't have to be weird about it. You could just say, hey, can I sit with you today? And maybe they're mean. Yeah, maybe they're just like, no, you're not going to sit with me. Well, I'm going to sit over here then and just sit like two, two down and stare at them. <laughs> Any of these, I'm sorry, McKay, would you put those back on? Any of these ring true with you? Maybe, maybe you need to at least do one, if not all of them. Maybe you're a teenager in the room and you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you're a parent in the room and you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you're stingy during Christmas time and you need to give somebody a gift or some money to help them. You never know what 10 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, you never know what that could do to somebody. My point is, my point is, the gift of love given is so unbelievably hard to understand, but we respond to that gift by giving. So let this season and this Advent theme of love become prominent this week for you. And do something. Act on the love that God's given you. Respond to it. And then give it. God, your word, it just, it just has a way of finding its way to our story and to our particular season right now. And I hope that somebody's been encouraged today, but I hope somebody also has been challenged today. Some of us have lived so selfishly and, and we, don't, we don't let the gift of love flow from us, but yet we want that love flowing to us. 
God, help us to understand that the gift of, of love that we have received is so much more meaningful when we let it flow through us. So if there's anyone here that has never received your love, I pray that today would be their day. And I pray that if there are Christians here today that have felt less than before you, that they would know that they are not. And I pray for those of us that needed to be challenged to extend love, to do so, and to act on it. God, thank you for your unconditional love. Help us to walk in it, to receive it, and help us to give it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.